Hi, and welcome to NBA Ladies, a podcast by women about the NBA and business experience. I'm Nora. And I'm Emily, and we're your hosts. Today, we'll be talking about executive presence. Yay. So we're back. Hi, guys. Missed y'all. It's been a couple months. It's been a hot (laughs) minute. I think the last time we recorded was not until, it was like back in May. I think you're right. So we're so excited to be back and talking. A lot has changed since we last chatted with you. We have gone through our summer internships. We have gone through mod one. Vanderbilt is on like a kind of quarter system. We call them mods. So we just finished the first mod. Yeah. Are on to the second. Yeah. We're second years. We're all knowing now. We have all the answers. I, we just have to keep saying that confidently. <laughs> if we say it confidently enough, people will start believing us. Isn't that, isn't that right? Yes. I do think that something that is starting to take effect is I'm starting to have senioritis. And oh yeah. I, I was like, that definitely won't happen to me because it's only two years and I'm not going to ever feel that way. But it has hit. I totally agree. I think, too, it's really interesting because, so last year, if you've listened to our podcast, you know, obviously we were in, like, the height of COVID and had entered business school while COVID, like, we knew it was happening, didn't know it was going to be this long, and now things have kind of picked up to where, you know, we still have to wear masks and be careful and stay vaccinated, however... You know, we're able to do club events now, Mm -hmm. which is, like, something we didn't experience last year. Yeah. So I think that's something that adds to the senioritis. I'm like, oh, classes? What are those? I go to them, guys. Don't. (laughs) She does. She's a great student. Thank you. I try. But, yeah, we're just so excited to be back and recording and, and kind of kicking us off this episode is we just wanted to talk about executive presence and what that is and kind of how this episode came to be. A lot of the times when we record an episode, it is inspired by like real life events that we have gone through, text back and forth about how frustrated we are about something. And then we're like, that needs to be an episode. (laughs) And then we basically record an episode without recording an episode. Like we have a big conversation and we're like, let's have this conversation again, but with a mic. (laughs) So that's kind of how this podcast episode also came to be yes and that was such a good lead up because what happened it happened maybe a month ago so i was attending a coffee chat it was my first experience with two gentlemen that i never met before and i was going to meet them for the first time very early in the morning and so I love meeting people and so I didn't really prepare a whole lot for this event like I was just like oh we're just gonna grab coffee I'm gonna get to know these two people within this industry and it went really badly (laughs) tell us more okay well (laughs) so to I feel like I could go on about this situation for hours but for the sake of everyone um, as well as my processing I will keep it short so we went to the coffee shop What happened was one of the gentlemen was late. And so it was just me one-on-one with one guy. And he was telling me all about his position here in Nashville and what he does. And basically he has started a startup and he was telling me about what his experience is like and how he created his company. And so initially I had some thoughts that I felt like he was talking down to me like he mm-hmm. felt the need to teach me about all of the things that he was doing but didn't necessarily feel like he needed to learn about me yeah I was worried that maybe I was over analyzing and overthinking that he might not have been talking down to me I, I was worried that I was judging the situation so I was trying to just keep going with the conversation keep asking questions 
And I realized that I was very self-aware and on point when the second gentleman got there. Who got there late, Yes, so he was late. And just to give you a little bit more background, one guy is in tech and the other guy uh, works as an investment banker. And not that I'm endorsing stereotypes, but if you can just acknowledge that there's not a lot of women in either industry. Though it is growing and there are increasing trends where women are finding jobs within those industries, it's just not very common. Yeah. Um, And so keep that in mind. But basically for about 20 minutes, they both ignored me completely, did not even look at me as they were talking to each other and having a grand old time. And mind you, I was just, I was in shock. And so I kept trying to figure out how can I change the dynamic so that I'm part of the conversation. So one, the first thing I did was kind of petty, but I stared them down. <laughs> and I, I, love it. I was staring at the back of their heads and I was like, I know you feel this, like, just look at me just a little yeah. bit. And uh, it took about five to six minutes before they looked at me. So that, you know, that was progress. But I started to really reflect on what I could do better. And I automatically took it on as it was like my job to change the scenario. Mm-hmm. And so long story short, I ended up texting Emily shortly after that coffee chat and just told her how frustrated I was to one, be ignored because that's never a good feeling. Yeah. But then two, trying to figure out what can I do better next time so that I'm not in that situation. And here we are. Yes. And I think something to like point out that we were kind of talking about before we hit record is like in that instance, like you know, it's really hard to be like, oh, I have to educate these people or this is what I'm doing wrong. It doesn't sound like you were in the wrong, like you were being basically third wheeling a coffee chat. Yes, so it's like, it was. And it's hard, I think, because on the one hand, it you want to say, hey, do better. But on the other hand, it's it shouldn't be my job to constantly make you aware. And I think that's just, you know, across the board with a lot of things being a woman in business. But I think, you know, kind of segueing into this talk about executive presence and things like that, I think it really is something important to have and to focus on. And I think a lot of times it's kind of pushed to the back burner or not really talked about. And it is so important as we're going to get into here, but just kind of noting that in that instance. I feel like something that is really helpful is if, for instance, whether it's a man or a woman, if you're in a scenario where you see that someone is being ignored, yes, I would encourage other people to really be aware of that situation and be very inclusive and make sure that you're taking the time to make sure that everyone is included in the conversation. And for those of you who know me, I'm, I'm not very, I'm not an introvert. And so it's not <laughs> hard to do. So when people do, do tend to be exclusive and not great at including everyone in the conversation, it's not a great feeling. Absolutely. And so it's it's basically talking about like if those men had more executive presence mm-hmm. in that instance, perhaps they would have been a little bit more insightful to yes. seeing that certain people were talking and certain people weren't. And I think, yeah, kind of leading into that being leaders, whether you're a male listener or a female listener or what have you, that you kind of take this on so that, you know, everybody can be included and led and things like that. And I think that goes really beautifully into this Forbes article, we actually have two Forbes articles for y'all today. And per usual, this will be in the show notes as well as through um, on our Instagram and things like that. But 
found an article on Forbes um, talking about executive presence and defining it as the ability to inspire confidence in your peers. So this can be upwards, this can be you know downwards, this can be vertically, but just kind of that inspiration and that you know your executive presence really determines you know your access opportunity but also I think other people's opportunity as well yes and I think this article is really interesting to me because for me I I didn't really have a clear definition of what executive presence is Mm -hmm. through my internship this past summer I really reflected on executive presence a lot because I had this expectation that it was very black and white and you want it to be approachable but not too approachable Mm -hmm. and you want to be friendly but not too friendly and you want to be accessible but not too accessible and so basically long-winded answer i did not know what it was and every time i would ask someone what what do they think executive presence was they didn't really have a clear answer and so i love that we're talking about this now because i think that there isn't a clear answer as to what the definition is and i'm seeing more as i read about it that it's more about a trait and it's not I think it's interesting when people always talk about charisma and yeah. charm and it's almost like you have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I think with executive presence, it's more about a trait and a muscle that you're using. And my experience as a nurse, like I, you didn't really need executive presence because truthfully, when something's going wrong, it doesn't really, it doesn't matter if you're introverted extroverted as long as you can take care of the patient and save their life like who cares if you have executive <laughs> you're presence you're still living you're doing yeah. a good job yeah so <laughs> now i'm realizing executive presence is much more prevalent to in terms of leadership and especially with corporate jobs i totally agree i think it's funny too because we've talked about this on other episodes but i think you and I both know we come off as very nice. I really like to think that we are nice people. It's not just like Sometimes. a shroud of, you know, mystery, like, oh, they seem nice, but they're not actually. But I think especially as a woman, it's kind of hard to balance that because you're like, I want to be nice. But I think as we've discussed in the past, that can kind of be seen as a weakness or like, oh, I can walk all over you and things like that. And kind of that balance of I'm nice and approachable, like you were saying, but also I'm strong and I'm a leader and I can make these decisions but also make other people feel comfortable in their, you know, day-to-day life and bring their full selves to work and their full authentic selves and things like that. So it is really tricky. There was another article, also Forbes article, which we will also link, called Defining Executive Presence, Why Women Deserve a Customized Approach to Leadership Development. And something I found really interesting in this Forbes article was that they were saying executive presence accounts for 26% of what it takes to get a promotion, which I just thought was wild. Because yeah. <laughs> again, what is executive presence and how is 26% of it right. Like in relation to you know a promotion? And it's just crazy because as we know, women represent, you know, only about 21% of executives and women of color even less at 4%. And that, you know, kind of promotion piece really plays into it, you Mm -hmm. know, and and how that kind of goes. I thought another crazy stat that was in this article was saying that for every 100 men promoted to management, only 72 women are given the same role. That that hurts. (laughs) Another great stat for women. That does not sound good. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, ooh, this, the gender pay gap, the just everything. But yeah, it really is like again, so vague. Also a big part of just 
your career and mm-hmm. climbing the corporate ladder and things like that that I just think is so wild. As you said, like the 26%, it always, you know how when you hear other people when they're talking to their leadership team and they don't, like there's not, there's like that gray area of like, oh, I, I can't tell you exactly why they're great for the position, but they just, I just know they're going to be a great leader and they just, they I just feel like they're the right person for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I hear that not often, but it's like one of those like subtle things where they're like, oh, I just really like this person. Often so they're going to yes. get the, yes. So they're yes. going to get the job. And so I feel like executive presence tends to overlap with that. And so I think it's just really interesting to try and figure out like, how do we build this muscle and how do we become better at it? Because there's always that field of like, you're trying to, to be what people want, but also authentic to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then playing that game of like, Yes, you want to be this, but not too much and not too little. I feel like we're, we're Goldilocks over here, like trying to figure out the so perfect true. match. And I think for me, you know, something that we both keep bringing up is like bringing your authentic self. And it's hard because it's like you want others to bring their authentic self. You want yourself to bring your authentic self. But you also at the same time feel like you have to be mindful and saying, I'm being very mindful in how I'm seen in this way to build my executive presence or how I'm making this decision or completing this task or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely, yeah, kind of like Goldilocks. I agree. I recently was talking to my executive coach, which for those of you who are not Vanderbilt students, executive coaches are assigned to students based on our leadership development program. And you are meant to meet with this executive coach three times during the year and it helps to ensure that you're focusing on your leadership development skills and just being more mindful of those executive presence muscles that we're trying to train ourselves to motivate others and to motivate ourselves um, when we're working as managers and so i love our ldp program and my executive coach she was talking to me about okay talking about this coffee chat because of course I had to talk to her about this and debrief on the whole scenario but something that was really interesting that she mentioned was that it's not necessarily my job to teach everyone the way to go about um, if they're not acting in the manner in which I think is the best way to treat others for instance like with this coffee chat I, in the moment when I was sitting there, I felt like it was my duty to make sure that they knew that they were ignoring me. And I felt like I needed to help them be better. And at the end of the day, as I was talking with my executive coach, I realized it's not my job. And it's it's something where you can identify, okay, here's the scenario. And do I want to take this opportunity to impact their lives or do I need to step back and say this isn't healthy and I need to to move on or move forward with the next thing and I just thought that was a really interesting perspective because I I sometimes I think I get so caught up in wanting to make sure that everyone's on the same page that it gets a little exhausting I agree and I it's I think being a woman in business, both in business school, as well as like in my past career, there are just kind of little things that add up, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, would you be saying this to me if I were a man? Or, you know, would, would this, would you guys be ignoring me because you weren't ignoring me two minutes ago when the second guy who came in super late was, and then all of a sudden I'm now a third wheel in this coffee chat. Like, I think it's the little things and it really is exhausting to be like, 
calling people out and Mm -hmm. you know having those moments of like hey that wasn't okay and and I think it's so interesting what you're talking about Nora too because you know it isn't always a job to be like hey what the heck like I'm still here too like (laughs) yes but it's hard it's a hard again balance to kind of have but I think it is such a such an intentional choice yes you know yes and I think something that's really important to me is trying to figure out the balance of yes you want to call people in and and encourage them to see opportunities if they aren't seeing them like that's a great I think that that's a very honorable and encouraging thing to want to do but I'm learning that I I need a balance in life where sometimes people don't want to change and they don't want to be aware and so I'm trying to figure out what is what is my boundary of saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to use this opportunity. And when am I going to, going to say, this is not the right time and just continue to move forward. As I'm learning more about myself and about executive presence, I think that that is a huge part of executive presence is figuring out how do you interact with others when maybe they don't react to you the way you want them to. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point. How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I'll Tell me the secret sauce. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. TBD. So speaking of, I of course have mentioned this experience with several people in the past like three months <laughs> because I it really bothered me and it was okay. just on my mind a lot. And so I thankfully have gotten a lot of pieces of advice about it. And one of them... Uh, was in terms of networking and listeners I feel like you might judge this piece of advice and you might think obviously you should have been doing this so please just give me a little bit of grace here (laughs) but uh, so for me like I personally love meeting new people and so I never really prepared for networking situations I just had this like blank slate like I'm going in I'm gonna meet new people low Mm -hmm. expectations and I realized that is great like 80% of the time and then there's going to be another 20% where that's not going to go well and it's going to be an awkward situation and you need to have some piece of like information that you can use when the conversation is awkward or you're not vibing well together and you can just ask that person about x y and z and so a piece of advice that I received recently was Always just be prepared for any networking scenario, especially if it's uh, a one-on-one scenario uh, where you can research that company that that person is working for. One database that you can use to do that research is on Hoover's database, which I recently started using it. I've never heard of that. It's pretty cool. So as Vanderbilt students, we have access to it. I have no idea how much it costs when we're not a student, but basically on this database, you can research any company and it pulls up their like their financials it pulls up uh, the corporate overview and then it pulls up any triggers for that company or anything that has hit the news and so you just basically it's like your little google helper that does all of the research for you and you just need to read a couple articles i'd encourage that i have never heard of that before and i yeah need to take advantage of that yes for sure that sounds awesome so that just kind of reminded me of So when I was recruiting for my internship, actually connected with an alum who was kind of trying to find an intern, but then I was, I emailed her and was like, would love to do a Zoom coffee chat or whatever. Turns out there was an interview 
but I did not know until the very end. <laughs> but it was one of those things that I was very fortunate and I had done my research. I think the fact that I didn't know it was an interview probably helped me because I was like, yeah, sure, let me, how'd you get into this role? Like, and it ended up working out. I ended up getting an offer, but it was just kind of funny because I think even those moments of like, having just a little bit of knowledge mm-hmm. so that you can either keep the conversation going or really impress someone is kind of important within that. And I think kind of taking it back to executive presence um, it does, I don't know, come off as being, for me at least, like if I kind of have this like past research of doing notes and stuff, like it's kind of just makes me feel a little bit more confident mm-hmm. and just, I don't know, maybe it's a safety thing, but like, I'm like, okay, like I kind of know what I'm talking about here and like can kind of follow mm-hmm. along. I think it really goes back to people love talking about themselves. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you get them talking about themselves and they're like, wow, I really like Nora. This is great. And it's like, actually, you don't know that much about Nora, but she asked you a lot of questions about yourself, which makes yes. you really like her. <laughs> yes, that is a great point. And I, I think I loved both those points that you made about, one, having confidence about what you're talking about. I think that is such a huge piece of executive presence. And I, so many times I've heard people say, like, fake it till you make it. And there's a little piece inside of me that hates that because I would rather be so humble and just say, I have no idea what's going on, but that is not the right thing to ever say unless it is, uh, you can ask questions, but you you should never lack presence. And I think that that is something that is like such a fine line of like, okay, we need to be confident. We don't need to be foolish, but we need to be confident. Yeah. So I think doing research is a good idea. Absolutely. And then the second point that you made about encouraging people to talk about themselves. <laughs> Especially with networking. Yes. Best pe- piece of advice, yeah. I would say. So, yeah, Emily, how do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> Is this you asking me questions? <laughs> yes, that was I think we're. I think we're too far gone. So, this draws on a, you kind of alluded to it earlier, mm-hmm. uh, it draws on the whole premise of women being nice. And that yes. in order for a woman to be perceived as friendly and likable she needs to be nice and so something that i have been struggling with a little bit uh, you might have heard this conversation actually in the an episode we did last year about being deemed nice i i never want to be i don't want anyone to ever think that i'm not a nice person however i don't like there that there's an association with being nice equals weakness or naive And I think that that is something that I've struggled with is how do you maintain your authentic self, which to me, I think I am a kind person, but also command presence. Mm -hmm. And so just trying to figure that out. Have you, have you had any experiences where you've had to deal with both of those? Well, it just kind of reminds me of like, it really is such a hard line and it really goes back to like gender roles and like what women are supposed to be. But it reminds me of, I had a boss previously who she was like super cool, like pretty high up in her role, but very commanding and like, like she would get stuff done and we ended up being a very successful team. But I think it was really hard because, because she was all business. And I think if she was a man, they'd be like, oh, he's so strong. Like, he has it going on. But I think since she was a woman, a lot of people equated it to her being mean Mm -hmm. or uncaring or cold. And I don't think she was like that at all. I think she just was very commanding. Mm -hmm. And it really, it sucks because that's kind of like how women, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because, Mm -hmm. oh, 
she's so nice. Nora will get it done. Just give it to Nora. Oh, she can't, you know, control a room because she's too nice. And it's like, first of all, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. But then on the other hand, it's like, oh, well, this person, she's, she's too cold. And like, she is too commanding. And like, she's, I don't know, just hardcore. And it's like, and it sucks. Like, it's just, it's like, come on, society, let's, let's move past this. Because again, if you put your hat on and said, okay, if this was a man, would I be saying this about this person? Probably not. But it is really a hard balance to kind of have. But I've definitely personally have been told like, oh, Emily's so sweet and Emily's so nice. My siblings would probably disagree with them, but that's besides (laughs) the point. Just kidding. But I, I think it really is hard because I think there are those moments where you come up to a time where it's like time for promotion or things like that. And it's, oh, well, like, nice equals weakness and like I don't know if they can handle that and it's like that's not true right I could be nice and command a room like yes you can thank you you're welcome (laughs) so it it really is tricky but a lot easier said than done but I also think you know especially for you and me really saying that mantra of like nice does not equal naive or Mm -hmm. incompetent is so important and you know something as a society I hope one day we kind of grasp I really appreciate you bringing that up because I think it is such an interesting balance of trying to please everyone, especially, I feel like we're both people pleasers. (laughs) So I think it's, it's, it's easy for us to say like, oh, who cares what they think? But as many times as I say that, in the back of my mind, I'm like, but what do you think? (laughs) The other piece of advice that um, I wanted to bring up was I recently talking with a leader who he also deems himself as a a very nice person Mm -hmm. and he was worried that as an operator that because he was seen as a nice person that he couldn't be commanding and so I thought it was interesting to see one that he saw that I might struggle with that and he opened up the floor to say like hey I just want you to know that I had struggles with that and I try I had to figure out what was my authentic leadership self and how could I command a group to be motivated but respect me but also not change who I am and so I think what's really exciting is is to see that those nice people do really well in the world and you don't have to sacrifice who you are your leadership style I think that's encouraging yeah for sure with that being said I really truly believe that there's not one size fits all and that is something that I think I had to go through my internship to realize that there's not just one standard black and white leader and I thought that I was failing as a leader because I thought that I was being too approachable and too accessible and I'm realizing that is my leadership style. Mm -hmm. Like I love being transparent, I love being friendly and approachable but I also have expectations and I'm learning that that's okay to that you can have all the above and that you don't have to change your leadership style or your presence and so that's what I've learned so far I love that I think it is really so true and I think also you know as a follower like followers also follow different leadership styles Mm -hmm. and so one might be super effective for a certain person but then you know, it might be ineffective for someone else. But I love the idea that, like, it isn't black and white. 
I don't know, there are so many leadership styles. And I think something that business school, you know, putting us through that pressure cooker that it is, really making you realize that and really making, it's like, okay, this is a really cool person and they are an amazing leader and I'm obsessed with them. And I think they're so cool, Mm -hmm. but like, that's not me. That's not my style. And whether I have someone to look up to and be like, oh, that's my style, or I have to forge my own path, that's totally fine too. Right. One of the exercises that I did that was really exciting or at least thought provoking, I guess, is I started to ask, like, I asked myself, okay, what is one leader that I really admire? And what are the, the three traits that they have that I think make them a great leader? And I realized that being well-spoken was like my, one of my top three. And then on top of that was being friendly and approachable. I love that. Yeah, so I, I think that that's a cool exercise to try if anyone is trying to figure out what their executive presence looks like. I am going to try that. <laughs> yeah, that's something else, you know, kind of going back to executive coaching and LDP. You know, it is a lot of insightfulness and thinking like, okay, let's really look at this. Let's really dive into this. Like, what makes this person effective to me? What makes this person a great leader to me mm-hmm. and how can I emulate that or even twist it and make it more you is like so so cool and so important and so you know yeah like you said there's no one size fits all everybody's unique everybody's mm-hmm. an individual kind of realizing that through those insightful introspective moments I think is important so I challenge all of you who's your who's a leader you love what are their characteristics and traits that make them a good leader at first, I said Barack Obama, but... <laughs> what are his, his traits? Well, I go back and forth between Barack and Michelle. So, I oh, mean, like, true. some days I'm like, I'm definitely Michelle Obama today. And then some days I like to think I'm Barack, but I don't really think I have his possessed. <laughs> Do you have a favorite person? You know, there's so many women in my life, whether it be a previous boss I've had, or even women within our program, where I'm like, you are so cool. Like, this is awesome. And even if they're not, like, technically a leader for me, and the fact that, like, I'm leading you as, like, you're on my committee, or you're doing this, like, I think there are so many women who I think are so cool, and, like, are so eloquent, whether it be in class, or in club meetings, or even just, like, out in the world, like mm-hmm. talking with our other classmates that I think I also draw inspiration from. And I'm like, that's really cool. I think that's something else is kind of looking at those leaders that inspire you, especially for me, women. And I don't know, there's a lot of cool women out there. Well, I think that kind of wraps up this episode. It's so great to be back. Yes, I'm so pumped for the upcoming episode. We were joking that like when we first started recording, it like felt like a first date. Like we were both like nervous, like we haven't done this in months. Um, So hopefully we're back in the swing of things. Yes. We're so glad to be back. As you guys know, we put out podcast episodes every Friday and we are going to be picking that back up again. So you can't get rid of us quite yet. If you'd like more MBA ladies, you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at MBA underscore ladies. Or if you have any suggestions, thoughts, comments, even just praise, we love that. You can email us at (laughs) mbaladiespodcast at gmail.com. We will see you guys next week with a new episode.